Hi. <laughs> hi. It's, you know, every time I edit these, you say hi the same exact way. So I like, I, to, keep, I like to keep it consistent. I always know when the podcast actually starts. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> Sabrina saying hi. We are. Go. Well, at least I make it easy for you. You do. You made it very easy. Very, very easy. So, um, how's your week been? Good. Good. It has been very intense, actually, but good. Um, intense how? Oh, right. Uh, just a lot of back and forth, back and forth. You know, we're going to try to move yeah. out of state. And so it is a lot of phone calls between the lender, the insurance company, the seller, phone calls, text messages, emails, trying to work on top of all of it. It's just been intense, but I think we're doing good. We're making progress. Like it's been intense, but you know, we're not yabba dabba doing it. We're actually making progress, you know, not just running in place. I call it yabba dabba do. You know? That was good. Like I'm thinking about yeah. using that. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually moving somewhere. Yeah. So, um, so we're, we're making some pretty good headway. Um, right now the seller wanted to close like July 12th and I told Eric that I, I'm pretty sure he had a little mini stroke. Uh, so we moved it back to August 2nd. So okay. if everything goes well, we'll be closing August 2nd. That's so pretty good. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. a little more time to plan. Yeah. 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 Save up some pennies. So, yeah. you know, we're not completely broke when we moved down there, but um yeah it's all it's it's coming together it's a lot you know I've never bought a house before and nobody in the world ever even remotely came close to preparing <laughs> us to buy a house for the first time so now uh, I know you already got your lender but you aren't you technically entitled to the VA loan uh we are actually using the oh. VA loan okay yep. okay good I heard that process is a little easier to deal with, but I'm sure uh, the process of buying a house is stressful no matter which way you Yeah. Go. Well, the VA loan, it, it's easier but harder in a way. Like, the the thing that's the easiest about it is when you go through them, they set up everything. Like, you have to pay for the home inspector, but yeah. they pick the home inspector. Um, and if you buy a house with the VA loan, everything that is attached to the house has to be working when you move in. So if, you know, you got a a leak in the roof, that's got to be fixed. If there's a pool in the back, the pool has to, all the filters and everything have to work. So they really make sure that you are moving into a house where you're not going to be stranded in, you know, a month and a half. So stooged. Yeah. Well, that's that's okay. Yeah. They think about all the stuff. Like, I don't know what to think about having my own home so I mean I've learned through this process a lot of things you need to look out when buying a house yeah so it has been it's been pretty interesting um a very fun experience yeah. very stressful yep <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun so well that's that's good and that's- I had a we had a my nephew over last night we had a little sleepover okay he got to Join us in fight night with the boys. Professional hugging. Oh, 
one fighter won and jumped off the cage and blew his knee out. So that was fun. Another fighter uh, almost got his arm ripped off. Like literally it broke, snapped, going backwards, bending backwards. That was fun to watch. And then the the ref didn't even like stop the fight. The dude's arms just like flopping on this guy's <laughs> leg. <laughs> the guy's like pointing at the arm, and was, he was an. I hadn't seen that ref. I get. I mean, he was clearly old as dirt. <laughs> just watching this guy get arms elbowed flailing. in the head, yeah. all his arms just flopping. Poor guy. We were all very disturbed. Like, stop the fight. That's it's over. He's not throwing any punches, so. Oh yeah, and there's no <laughs> hugging if you only got one arm. So. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess he could do the sideway hug with his other arm. <laughs> <laughs> the bro <laughs> hug. Bad. The bro hug. Bro hug. Uh, Nate Diaz did not let us down. He bled all over the ring. Oh, good. Yep. And almost knocked the guy out with like the last sixty seconds of this fight was just epic, but. It was a good fight card. I was actually, I was really impressed. So, but yeah, so I got to end it with my nephew. Well, that's, yeah, that's always nice though. So that means last night didn't turn into a crazy drunken night. Uh, Well, it kind of helped that uh, Zach had to, Zach was nursing a hangover. Eric was exhausted. Yeah. Um, and Nelson's just Nelson. But I also would like to uh, say shout out to Skylar. She's uh, a niece. And today's her birthday. Oh. She's 15. Yep, happy birthday. So Eric got to go to her birthday party yesterday. And I had to work. But I just wanted to say happy birthday to Skylar. Because today is actually her birthday. Today Sorry, is a, a week in, a, in the future, guys. Like, oh, crap. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. But so when this okay. comes out, it'll be a week. Yeah, so happy belated birthday, Skylar. Happy belated birthday. But I'm actually saying happy birthday on, on the birthday. Day. Yep. For the record. <laughs> okay. Let's just tally that in. Uh, and I think that about ends it for me. How was your week? Uh, my week has been, I don't know, difficult. So I'm still trying to adjust my sleep schedule, and it's very I've... hard. <laughs> it's, it's very hard. Um, but Thursday, while I was reading, I was falling asleep at my keyboard, so I had to be like, sorry guys, I can't, like, you either replace me, either way the raid is gonna go yeah. downhill. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they found a replacement for me, so that, that's good. Um, I just have to see what they want to do for this coming week. Hopefully, they've already replaced me, but, uh, other than that. Just been playing a lot of classic WoW, like the Burning Crusade classic. I'm only like okay. level 26. Get it, girl. Man, it is. I forgot how long it takes to level and running everywhere is so slow. I know I said that last time. I'm pretty sure I said that last time, but man. Can't you like buy a dragon or something? Uh, No, not yet. Level 35, yet. I think you can get uh, slow riding. And then on top of it, you no, I think maybe level 30, but you still need like 50 gold. Oh, yeah. I think I only have four. Well, <laughs> you better just start stealing shit and fencing it off. So, um, let's see. By this time the podcast releases, I will be starting my vacation time. Woo-woo. I don't leave until the 23rd to go to Washington State. So, that's a win. Oh, sorry. There is a fly and it is driving me nuts. Okay. No, you should have just said it was bugging you. It's bugging all. 
Um, what else? Oh, I uh, went to the winery. It's called Glass House Winery here in Virginia with my friend Stephanie yesterday. Shout out to Stephanie. Woo woo. This woman drives a Jeep Gladiator. Oh, I'm jealous. She put the location for the winery in her GPS, and her Jeep literally, her Jeep PS literally took us off roading. Hell yeah. So it found some. Got it. I got it. I got the fly. I'm so proud of you. Congrats. Bug guts everywhere. So she put the the GPS coordinates in the Jeep, and the Jeep took y'all off roading. How badass is that? That was really fun. So. At first, she was kind of concerned because she's never taken it off-roading before. And she's like, I don't think my Jeep's going to make it through this. I was like, it's a Jeep. Stephanie, your tires are half as tall as I am. I'm pretty sure we're going to make this stream that's running through. Like, it's not even that deep. We made it, of course. No struggle. Yep. And so we get to the winery. Um, We were told that they had lunch, but maybe I misunderstood. And they were saying, like, bring your lunch and you can eat it there kind of thing. Like A bunch of co-workers that I was talking to. Um, sometimes they have food trucks, but, you know, with everything shifting back to normal following the pandemic, they didn't have them that weekend. So we ended up driving 10 miles to this little country store that is like gas station turned country store. Okay. But when we got the directions from the girl, like serving at the wine bar, it was the most Texas country, like directions (laughs) I have ever heard. Turn left at the black dog. Yeah. (laughs) So you're going to go down this road. At least she had road names. So thank God for that. But she's going to, you're going to go down this road. You're going to take a ride out of here. And then when you get to the the split, you're going to stay right. And then when you get to this triangle split thing, you want to stay straight. So we get to this three-way split, right? And the road goes straight and then it curves right. Well, she told us to stay on this particular road, but she said go straight. The way that we went was not straight. It was clearly the right side of the path so we get halfway down and i'm like stephanie we're lost like we are lost we need to turn around we get to the stop sign like maybe a minute after i said this we get to the stop sign there's a little gas station i was like so we ordered our sandwiches probably the best sandwiches i've ever eaten in the middle of nowhere i love it i love it when something like that happens it was really good like their pastries even looked really good uh they had homemade tea so stephanie got that she really liked it like it was really good and then we went back to the winery. Uh, we did a chocolate flight. So basically they have like their own custom made chocolates and they pair them with wines. Wow. Yeah, so we did that. It was really good. Their reds are really good. Their whites are. Oh, that face okay. is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> you were trying really hard. <laughs> They're just. Okay. Uh, so right. Stephanie took her little taster home, like took them home to cook with because that's probably about all they're good for. Yeah. Uh, but the scenery was amazing. Like, even our, you know, stream crossing was glorious. Like, it was beautiful. Um, so we purposely took that route back to cross back a- oh, yeah. across because she wanted to take pictures for her kids. Okay. I'm standing on this side of the bank. She drives her Jeep through. I'm taking pictures. And then when she stops her Jeep in the middle of the stream, I went, I did not think this through. I am now on the bank of... This stream, you're in the middle. How you can get back in? Yep, I waded my ass across that stream. <laughs> she couldn't put the bitch in reverse. No, I didn't even ask. We were too busy laughing about the situation. But uh, it was it was clear. It was beautiful, and I lost my second favorite mask because I always take one with me just in case it's like required or whatever. But it was like my second favorite. The first favorite I lost at the, the nuclear site 
in Washington State. So, fuckers. I don't know. Just keeps falling out of my butt pockets. Well, keep it in the car. No. I mean, if you're waiting for stream, you don't really need well, a bag. Well, it's already in my pocket. I don't like. I don't oh. think about that. Oh yeah. Okay. So I think like when I was like pulling fall? up my pants and stuff. No. Oh. Maybe it just wasn't tucked in, or maybe when I got out of the truck, it loosened. Because I didn't have like the tightest pants on. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean. d- didn't go Texas cowboy style. Well, why went, don't you want to show off your little cheeks? No, definitely went comfort. Your little cheeks. <laughs> comfort. I'm eating food. Probably <laughs> gonna get bloated. Comfy pants. Got it. Yeah. Get the stretchy pants. We completely understand. But yeah, that's about it. Same shit. Wow, that sounds like that was a good time. Yeah, Saturday was Winer? a lot of fun. Excellent. And of course, I walked home with a bottle of their civilian, civilian wine and a box of chocolates for my husband. Hell uh, yeah. Since he didn't go, you know, girls' day and all. Gotta have a girls' day. Yeah. Well, excellent, excellent. Are you looking forward to your vacation? That's coming up. How many more days? Uh, another week and a half, yeah. Um... When this podcast releases, we'll like probably four. be on a hike with <gasps> some of my coworkers. I have to convince my husband, though, that he needs to go. But the Navy people aren't selling it very well. Yeah. They have a tendency to do that. I know. Yeah. So they're like, oh, it's a, it's a great hike. It's beautiful. It's scenic. But it's a really steep incline. So just be prepared. And my husband's like, yeah, no, fuck that. Like. Why would I want to go on that? I'm like, we're going to a pub afterwards, maybe, probably. <laughs> Do you want to go to that? And he's like, I will complain the whole way. And I'm like, I'm sure you will. You, We both probably will. And be very entertaining. We will be the entertainment for this hike. Yeah. I mean, somebody's got to be. Yeah. So, yeah. We usually, when we all get together, we just pick one person. And everybody just piles on that one person. It changes from time to time, but most of the time it's Hannah. Poor thing. <laughs> you bring it on yourself, She's like a hundred pounds, soaking wet, just learning, learning about life. She's young. She just turned twenty-five. Oh God! And it, she just makes it too easy sometimes. But we only we do it out of love, of course. Of course. Like if we didn't pick on you, just, she's one of those people. When she gets mad, she's just hilarious. You know, because she's, like, this big. Yeah. <laughs> so she's, like, trying to get bad. And you're just like, okay, what are you going to do? Yeah. Just swatch you away like a fly. You'll be all right. No, she's adorable, though. That's good. So, all well, right. Well, that's exciting. We both had the very eventful week in this things. Heck, yeah. Yeah. Heck, yeah. We survived. Another week. I'm busting a move. Because nobody can hear me busting a move, <laughs> but you see me <laughs> busting a move. All right. It's all right. All right. So, happy Father's Day. This is just like the Mother's Day one. <laughs> <laughs> you think it was so much soul and heart. Well, yes. Yeah. It's to all the pops out there. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to you. I don't know where I was going to go with that, but we love you all, you dads out there working so hard for us. Happy Father's Day. I hope it's a good one. <laughs> hope you guys get all the socks, shirts, 
jocks, as my husband calls them, grilling supplies. Maybe you get, you know, kiss the chef apron. There you go. Your favorite lawnmower, whatever is your jam. Maybe some new whiskey stones. Who knows? Hotel. Happy Father's Day to you guys. Happy Father's Day. We love you, dads. Yeah. That's all I got. So be a good dad. Happy Father's Day. We really hope y'all have a great, if we have any dads listening, have a great day. Hope you get spoiled. Maybe, maybe you get to sleep in. Oh, yeah. Till six. Yep, wear your favorite slippers, you know. yeah. There you go. Not have to do any chores. I know you guys like that. What? I don't know. Maybe not put pants on. Yeah. I mean, get the kids out of the house first, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> we, we don't need any more therapy, but, yeah. Yeah. you know. So, so, shout out again. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. You guys are awesome. You rock. Welcome to another episode of Coffee Chaos and Chatter. I'm Sarah. I have Sabrina here with me, like usual. (laughs) She's kind of uh, hyped up on life today, as you heard. Uh, She's she's getting her house sorted. It's been exciting and annoying and stressful. Yeah. So um, today she's got a super secret topic. Super super secret. I don't. It's super super secret. I mean, you're going to find out in like 30 seconds anyway, so. Yeah, but right now it's still a secret, so. Well, it is. It's just, we can't I do it. need to know what realm we're, we're dealing with today. Murder. Ooh, murder. My dear. Well, I have gone the realm of, like, magics, I guess, if you will. Oh. Yeah. I channeled my inner hippie. My husband would not be proud. Did you get a cauldron and a spell book? No, no cauldrons and spell books. I did oh, not sign oh, up for an occult newsletter. No. Not this time. Yeah, I may have. I'm researching a topic, full disclosure, and I may have joined a cult and signed up for a few <laughs> newsletters. I don't know yet, but we'll see. Yeah, I like if you ever get get the emails in or, you know, if you have any questions oh, on oh, how to there's... practice black magic, just hit us up kind of thing. Hey, at least I don't have the spirit wife thing going on where she's like getting pissed because I don't want to learn black magic. So, yeah, apparently that's a thing, and I did not know that. Well, now you know, and knowing is half the battle. I think ignorance really is bliss. Sometimes. 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 All right. Well, I think it's your cue to go <sighs> into the story. Oh. Is everybody ready for a murder? Murder. Red rum, red rum. Oh, okay. Um, so my story today is about a British serial killer named Harold Shipman. Okay. Nope. AKA Dr. Death. No, never heard of him. He has killed over 200 patients. That's a lot of patients. That's a lot of people. I I, I see your mm-hmm. your confusion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you ask? Yes, how? How did he kill? The did he experiment? He's a fucking chameleon. Chameleon. So, I watched a documentary on this guy and like it really just baffled me 
just like it baffled everybody that was interviewed in this little documentary. What wait, what is the time frame for this? Uh, this was well, he was arrested in 1998, but he began in 1970. So this man has been killing for quite years. some time. Yeah. Okay. Quite some time. Um, a lot of the information that I'm actually going to be sharing, I got it from biography.com. Um, and they did a very nice job kind of keeping it in order for me. So I don't have those long. I continue. Here. Could you hear my music in the background? Uh, uh-uh. no, I heard a truck backing up though. Yeah, that's fine. It's the music. I forgot to stop it. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. Um, so he's been killing for a while. Um, but the biography.com is where I got this. Uh, they helped line it up very easily for me so I can kind of remember yeah. and yeah. I've made notes in between <laughs> so I could stay in order and not bounce back and forth like I usually do. So, um, Mr. Dr. Death, Mr. Doctor. Uh, Mr. Dr. Death. Uh, he was born uh, the middle child to a working class family. Are you ready for his birthday? Go for it. January 14, 1946. Ooh, you share a birthday. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you share a birthday with a murderer. Um, he was Mainly known as Fred, that was what everybody called him. Uh, his uh, he was the favorite child of his domineering mother Vera. She instilled in him at an early sense of superiority that tainted most of his later relationships, leaving him I- as an isolated adolescent with very very few friends. Hmm. Uh, and in the documentary, they kind of. Uh, interview a couple of his friends and they were just like he was putting on a show for us just to kind of fit in but he never really all he wanted to do was study Um, everything from his early life seemed extremely ordinary Uh, he was accepted into grammar school which would be the same as like a private school in England Uh, so he was pretty smart Um, his mom made him study like all the time he worked he was dedicated to his studies um but his mother decided who he could play with and when so he never really got to have the childhood experience with like going over to his friend's house and spending the night or having you know a a girlfriend if you will that type thing she didn't give him a chance to be a kid um so his mother was actually diagnosed with lung cancer and he willingly, you know, he would go to school and he would come back and he kind of watched her decline. Yeah. He was very fascinated by the positive effects uh, that morphine had on her suffering. So the doctor would come into the house, give her morphine to kind of ease her pain um, until she succumbed to the disease on June 21st in 1963. According to friends, he grieved by running miles and miles. He never actually, like, cried or anything like that. But um, the psychologist said that he was devastated that she died, but he was also relieved that she was in no longer in pain. So they kind of attributed the 
running miles and miles to get those endorphins going so he can keep that feeling of relief that, oh, okay. Um, he be- he kind of became addicted, addicted to it. Um, but all the while, this did help him determine to go to medical school. He wanted to help people like the doctor helped his mom. And then it just turns bad. It just goes it just, downhill. It just goes downhill. Uh, so he went to Leeds University Medical School for training for two years. Uh, he actually failed the entrance, entrance exam the first time, but uh, he did end up passing a second time and serving uh, his hospital internship. Uh, I think it was at the university is where he did his internship. Um, let's see. Still a loner. He met his wife Primrose at the age of 19. They were married when she was 17 and five months pregnant with their first child. Um, so he wasn't too bashful. I mean, yeah, yeah. just saying. Uh, by 1974, uh, he was a father of two and joined a medical practice in, I'm not even going to try the first town, but it's Yorkshire. Yorkshire. area. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, where he initially thrived as a family practitioner before allegedly becoming addicted to painkillers, uh, he would forge prescriptions for large amounts of morphine, and he was forced to actually leave the practice when caught by his medical colleagues in 1975. At that time, he entered a drug rehab program, and uh, he received a small fine, and he was con- Convicted of forgery, clearly. Yeah. Um, a few years later, uh, Shipman or Fred or Dr. Death, whoever you want to call him, was accepted onto the staff at Donny Brook Medical Center in Hyde, uh, where he integrated himself as a hardworking doctor who enjoyed the trust of patients and colleagues alike. Everybody in this documentary, every single person that actually knew this guy, the first words out of his, their mouth was, he was a really great, nice guy. He was a great guy. So he blended in and was just one of them. Yeah. You know, just he was a great guy. Um, he remained on staff there for almost two decades. Mm-hmm. His behavior um, was only for minor interest for other healthcare professionals. So nobody really actually... You know, you're not doing anything, anything wrong. You're yeah. friendly. Um, they, they, on the documentary, they uh, interviewed some older ladies that were his patients. And they were like, well, he was really nice, but we called him Dr. Death because of all of our friends that died. <laughs> and it was like, oh my gosh, it was just okay. devastating. Like, um, so the crimes, they, the documentary stated that um, his first murder was a four-year-old girl. She was very ill and dying. Um, I, it didn't say what she was ill or dying from, but the mother left the room and looked at him and told him to be kind to her. And he kind of took that to mean in her suffering. So while the mom was at the cafe, her baby girl passed away because he overdosed her with morphine. And I I they think that he was doing that to end the suffering yeah. to help them um and it just kind of snowballed. Uh while he was at Yorkshire, 
three of his patients died in one day. He claimed that this was due to his drug problem because when he was in medical school, they told him not to give his patients something he wouldn't try. So he tried the morphine, got hooked, wasn't really taking care of his patients, and three of his patients died in one day. Jesus. It's, it is insane. Um, he would not let nurses or other doctors do anything with it, their patients. So you know how nurses will usually draw the blood, get the yeah. vital signs. He was completely 100% hands-on with all of his patients. Nurses could not do draw blood. Nurses could not really do anything like that for him. Send red flags to the like hospital staff. Well, we're getting there. Okay. How are they going to know if nobody else is touching his patients? Yeah, but and most of his patients are elderly. Yeah, but nobody else. He like he doesn't. He's protective, and that just is weird alone in its own. So, folks, when you're looking for a doctor (laughs) and the doctor won't let a nurse touch you, find another doctor. Red flag. Red flag. Red flag. Red flag. (laughs) There are plenty of doctors. This is your health. Go find you one you like. All right. So, actually what happened, uh, the local undertaker noticed that Dr. Shipman's patient seemed to be dying at an unusually high rate Mm, uh, and exhibited similar similar poses in death. Most of them were fully clothed, usually sitting up or reclining on a seat. Uh, His and the reason why this was alarming is because when the undertaker gets the body, they will either do an autopsy or they won't. Well, Dr. Shipman was saying, don't do the autopsy. I've already done an external exam, uh, but his patients were completely clothed. You can't do an external exam. With a completely closed, yeah. Yes. You you have to kind of check out the body. I mean, see what's going on. Um, So... The undertaker's concern was enough to approach Shipman about this directly, who reassured him that there was nothing to be concerned about. Later, another medical colleague, Dr. Susan Booth, also found the similarities disturbing, and the local coroner's office was alerted, who then contacted the police. So people were noticing. It just took fucking ever. Yes. (laughs) it, it It took some time. Um, so a covert invo- investigation followed that report to the police, but Shipman was cleared. As it appeared, his records were in order. The inquiry failed to contact the General Medical Council or check criminal records, which would have yielded evidence of Shipman's previous records. So when he was in Hyde, they didn't know that he already had this yeah, history of pattern going yeah. on in, in Yorkshire. Um, so it was dropped. Later, a more thorough investigation revealed that Shipman's altered the medical records of his patients to corroborate their causes of death. Hiding behind his status as a caring family doctor, It's almost impossible to establish exactly when he began killing his patients, 
or indeed exactly how many died at his hands. And his denial of all charges did nothing to assist authorities. Indeed, his killing spree was only brought to an end thanks to the determination of a lady named Angela Wood Woodruff, um, the daughter of one of his victims, who refused to accept the explanations given to her for her mother's death. So her mother was Kathleen Grundy, an active, wealthy, 81-year-old widow who was found dead in her home on June 24, 1998. Following an early visit... Sorry, following an early visit by Dr. Shipman. Woodrow, her daughter, was advised by Shipman that an autopsy was not required and that Kathleen was buried, buried in accordance with her daughter's wishes. Um, Angela was a lawyer and always handled her mother's affairs, so it was with some surprise that she discovered that another will existed, leaving the bulk of her mother's estate to Dr. Shipman. This is how he got caught. Ah, yep, yep. Yep. Um, so <laughs> that wasn't Angela, very smart. Angela was convinced that the document was a forgery and that uh, Shipman had murdered her mother, forging the will to benefit from her death. She alerted local police where detective uh, detectives quickly came to the same conclusion upon examination of the evidence. Uh, and it was in the documentary, the signature was nothing alike. Yeah, I mean, he no. tried. He, he really, try. he, he half has half asked this will. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> so uh, Grundy's body was exhumed. A postmortem uh, autopsy revealed that she had died from a morphine overdose administered within three hours of her death, precisely within the time frame of Shipman's visit to her. Shipman's home was raided, yielding medical records, an odd collection of jewelry, and an odd typewriter, which proved to be the instrument upon which Grundy's forged will had been produced. Um, it was immediately apparent to police from the medical records seized that this case would extend further than a single death in question. Um, and priority was given to those deaths uh, that they could exhume. Um, and the reason they say that is because Shipman had urged families to cremate their relatives in large number of cases. So they weren't able to prove all of them because a lot of them had been cremated. Yep. Um, and he would stress that no further investigations of their death was necessary, even in the instances where these relatives had died of causes previously unknown to the families. In situations where they did raise questions, Shipman would provide computerized medical notes that would corroborate his cause of death announcements. Uh, most of his victims were sitting upright, fully clothed, and Dr. Death would state a full external exam, which is impossible. Yeah. Um, so the police later established that Shipman would, in most cases, alter the medical notes directly after killing the patient to ensure that his account matched the historical records. So he was just Man. changing all, all kinds of stuff up. Um, 
What Shipman had failed to grasp is that each alteration of the records would be time-stamped by the computer, enabling police to ascertain exactly which records had been altered. So he really left a paper trail, was not very smart about this, although he got away with it for, like, ever. Um, Following extensive investigations, which included numerous... Okay. Exhumations? Where they exhumed a lot of bodies... And autopsies. Okay, we all know what. They raised a lot of bodies. They did a lot of autopsies. Uh, The police actually ended up charging Shipman with 15 individual accounts of murder on September 7th in 1998, as well as one count of forgery. Oh, that's just for the most recent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think they had. They actually had the evidence that Shipman killed 15 individuals and they knew they could prove that he he had the forgery. Um, And the number is speculation because uh, when they went through all the records, that's that's how they counted them, I believe, was the records that he touched and there was alterations. Shipman's trial commenced in Prestown. Crown Court on October 5th, 1999. Attempts by his defense counsel uh, to have Shipman tried in three separate phases. Uh, case with physical evidence, case with the Grundy case, and then um, they would also have a fraudulent accumulation of morphine case. That was thrown out, so they did 16 charges in one case. I don't know why they wanted to do three cases. I didn't hear uh, why, but um, the prosecution asserted that Shipman had killed 15 patients because he enjoyed exercising control over life and death and dismayed any claims that he had been acting... Wait sorry, and dismissed any claims that he had been acting compassionately as none of his victims were suffering terminal illness. Um, So they're saying the number that they they stuck with in the documentary is Dr. Death killed 284 patients in 30 years. That's so many. That's a lot. Yeah. And then you just said, like, he wasn't even killing people that had terminal illnesses, or they did? Or did he just make them up as he went? He just made them up as they went. Um, they uh, In the documentary, they uh, interviewed his cellmate. Yeah. And, uh, oh, what ended up happening, oh, I don't have the date. Uh, Dr. Death actually hung himself, killed himself. Uh, so he is dead. That was the last life he took. Um, but his cellmate uh, said that he never once felt guilty of murder you know you're living with a guy you they're gonna talk but he always maintained his innocence and the psychologist believed that he honestly believed that these people were suffering and was just trying to end their suffering but 284 people and they think that after a while he felt invincible yeah because he was doing it and not getting caught and he forged will. If he would not have forged that will, there is no telling what his number would be up to today. Isn't that terrifying? 
terrifying. That's a lot of numbers. Like, man. Yeah. That's insane to think. And, like, I guess also he probably had some sort of, I don't know, like mental illness or just as, yeah. It's just as normal as me and you. I, I looked, I searched. I was like, somebody please. He was never, he grew up, his childhood was normal. Nothing traumatic except for his mother dying. I mean, that was traumatic. No, you have to think about it, though. His mother controlled every aspect of his life. So that is is a form of, like, psychological abuse, I guess, if you would want to. I guess you could look at it that way. They have not, I mean, everything that I read ruled all of that stuff out. Because I was thinking that, too, like, you know, aside from his mom dying. But, I mean, they made a very good point. He's not the only child who has lost a mother. It happens, but that doesn't make all children go out and become serial murders. And that's really the only big thing, aside from his mom saying, hey, you have to study, which seemed like he enjoyed doing. He enjoyed studying. Maybe it's because he didn't know anything else. I mean, he ended up married with three kids. So at some point he had to. He got married after his mother's passing, though. So she can no longer control that part of his life. I just... Like, did he ever have a psychiatric evaluation or, like, was he ever they studied? Clear on that. Yeah. They weren't clear on that, but, I mean, he was competent enough to stand trial. They didn't do anything because he wasn't, I mean, he didn't fight. He didn't, he had lawyers to fight, but. Well. He was. He didn't think he, he was, was wrong. like so. an average everyday, you see him in the, in the grocery store and you say, hey, what's up? You know, how you doing, doc? How you doing, Doc? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen you in a while. Still alive. Uh, One person on the documentary did say something about, you know, everybody has their off days. He would have an off day here and there. And they were kind of wondering, like, maybe on those days where he was kind of off, was he offing people? (laughs) Maybe. I was like, oh, God, this is is where we're at. Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. I still think it's like. That's Dr. Death. I think two hundred eighty-four people, thirty years. A psychological. I mean, something. surely. Like I know he lived a normal, a normal childhood life. Like a mother, I, I relate to you, Doctor, Mister Doctor, Death. <laughs> My mother also tortured me and made me study ridiculous hours <laughs> of the night. I am traumatized. Oh, thanks, Ma. Yeah, thanks, Ma. Thanks a lot. I, I won't let her live that down. I'm like, even in college to this day, if I don't get A's on everything, it is a stressful environment for me to be in. Well, my mom was just happy I passed, so. <laughs> but I'm also not studying medical, so don't worry, guys. No uh, morphine true. overdoses that, for you. Look, if you're going to be a doctor, I, I mean, I. Even if you get a C in medical school, you're still a doctor. But, I mean, I would prefer the doctors that know the stuff. But I mean, maybe you're not a test taker. I don't know. Oh God, I am not a test taker. That is for fucking sure. If you know your information, I'm more of a hands-on person. Yep. I can do everything. Yep. You put a piece of paper in front of me, like my brain shuts (laughs) off. And and I know the stuff. It just. Words words mean things, cannot word well. Uh, I'm the same way. Like I can show you the process. I can explain it to you as I'm doing it but you want me to read this 200 page book and tell you like what the book contains cannot do it I'll show you though (laughs) Uh 
they do this and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I feel you. I mean, I'm sure, I am sure that he had some kind of psychologic something going on because even when he killed himself, he had the guards checking on him timed. So he knew as soon as the guards checked on him, he had an hour so nobody could resuscitate him. So he knew what he was doing when he took his life. Yeah. But I think mentally, just based on what his cellmate was saying, um, Mentally, he honestly thought he was doing these patients a service by offing them, like kind of like a, an assisted suicide. But I don't think what registered was the fact that they weren't terminally ill; they were yeah. just older. Yeah, and you know, coming for their normal checkups, or they had, yes. you know, a slight case of pneumonia or whatever. But yeah, yeah but I mean, like. They were they were okay. Yeah. They they didn't have cancer. They didn't have anything that you know. Yeah. So now that but, like, what was I thinking? Of? It was just. I'm kind of uh, curious the explanations he would give some of these patients, like families m- members, like you would have to like were all of the record changes the same? Did they all die of the same causes? Um, or did he already help. like plan out the story of how this person died and why they died? I, <laughs> I mean, he had 284 people to figure it out. Jesus, I'm sure he probably had a rotation. Yeah, surely you've got. Hey, these are my top five favorites. Let's just rotate these every yep. every few years. Wow. Yeah, it's uh. That's crazy. That is that is a crazy story. Fucking people it, in Europe, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean they're in america too don't worry oh yeah they're everywhere but yeah. i think the european ones just have so much i don't know pizzazz to them i don't know they do it's, like it's really go big or go home like yeah i mean literally that <laughs> yeah. is what that is go big or go home oh, that's so that is dr death aka fred aka mr Dr. doctor's Death. Mr. Doctor. <laughs> all, I can, all I thought of was that part in Doctor Strange. <laughs> Mr. Doctor Harold Shipman. Mr. Doctor Death. Doctor Death. Well, that's pretty good. I applaud your stories. Thank you. Thank you. I did really good <laughs> staying on track today, too. I'm yeah. so proud of myself. I'm proud of you, too. Yep. Pat that back here. You did good, girl. <laughs> all right. Well, like I mentioned at the beginning, kind of channeled my inner hippie. I guess you could call it hippie-ish. I don't know. And like always, I came <laughs> I came across this topic searching other topics because I'm kind of interested in like the, I don't know, as I get older, I still find like spiritual hauntings, ghosties, you know, that supernatural thing very interesting, but I start becoming more skeptical as I get older, and I don't know if that's just because... It's old age. <laughs> get off my it's lawn. It's the dementia. <laughs> I just... I don't, like, there's a... There's always a... Well, especially now with technology, editing anything that is pictured, videotaped, written down can be easily altered. It can be, but it, it can also be the reason why there are so many because so many people have the ring cameras or outside security cameras 
And I mean, I'm not one of those people. Like, if I catch a ghosty and I post it, you better believe that shit's real because I don't know <laughs> how to do shit with it. But hit, hit a button. I just like I don't know because. But I don't ever want to ca- catch a ghosty. It's just it's hard. Well, I don't know. Because you know, growing up, mom's old house. Again, we had the nurse lady, whatever the hell she was, in her white gown, the teacher. We had freaking George, who... George is my favorite. Did George things. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But anyway. I don't know who the fuck we had in our house trying to communicate it with a touch lamp. That was <laughs> uncool, man. Uncool. <laughs> Unfreaking cool. So it was unplugged and under the bed, people. Unplugged under the bed, the bitch flashed yeah, several it's still times. Yeah, turned on. Yeah, it's still turned on. So it ended up down the hallway. Yep. Yeah, and Quickly. then we went to sleep at like I don't even know what time, two a.m. Uh, no, it was like four or five because we had to oh, get up yeah, in like right. an hour. Because I had a <laughs> softball right. tournament. I was so tired. I bet you were. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so. I was looking into haunted places and then came across my topic, which is ley lines. Oh, <gasps> yeah! <laughs> and, yeah. I'm so, so excited. <laughs> I've been so curious about this, and I was going back and forth if I should do this. And it kind of ties in with why I may have joined a cult and why I signed up for a few newsletters. It kind of ties in with that. So, so that lines. is hilarious. Oh, my God. Okay. I didn't, like, I didn't go too deep into it because there are, again, like, there's a lot of very spiritual beliefs behind it. There's a lot of, oh, my God, aliens behind it. And then there's a lot of, like, this is just the way the Earth and gravity, you know, magnetic That's fields and stuff, stuff works. Yeah. yeah. So I just kind of stuck to, like, baseline. Okay. I, I did get very overwhelmed with the interactive, like, ley lines maps. Because, again, I think just people just put shit on there to put shit on there that had no, like, rhyme or reason. Though, I'm kind of interested in another topic I came across with that, so I'm definitely going to have to dive into it more. What are you doing, <laughs> Drew? <laughs> Hi, Rue. Oh, man, good thing Sabrina's so already bad. doing good. She's got her black cat. So all she needs is the cauldron. Oh, no, he's, he's running now. Oh, no, there's a box. That's what it is. You're trying to get the box. Okay. We can figure out what he's I was trying to help him. Oh, and then he got his claws stuck. Could you just do a thing and put a box-shaped tape on the floor and see if he sits in it? <gasps> I will. Yeah. Evidently, cats I'll... can't resist. So I really want to see if yours does it. He won't. He will not be able to resist at all. <laughs> Ooh, he is a, a box whore. <laughs> And it doesn't matter. All I'm right. doing it. I'll record it. Yeah, you need Go to. Going on Facebook when I do. Or Instagram. Okay, one of the sure. two. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm so interested about this. No, you're Go. Good. All right. So I, I think I'm going to do like a, a spinoff on the next episode of the other thing I was looking into that deals with this. But I figured I would, you know, do this part first and then feed into my next story next time. So fucking excited. A super secret topic. Okay. Um, so ley lines are referred to like straight alignments drawn between various uh, historic structures or prominent landmarks. So some of the articles that I read mentioned that man-made features were the primary, you know, alignment feature, whereas some other uh, articles and stuff mentioned that natural landforms were like the, the basis for the ley lines. 
Um, a lot of this deals with, so like in Europe, they find um, man-made objects to be more along the lines of that, whereas our Native people, like Native Americans, believe that the structures of the earth were, were, you know, they didn't believe in landlines or ley lines. Like they didn't know of that, but all of their uh, landmarks were also along the same type of line. Okay. Um, so the idea was developed in the early 20th century in Europe, of course. They're so smart over there, man. Uh, so smart. <laughs> Uh, and they believe that even though ancient societies didn't know of ley lines because it wasn't coined until the 20th century, but uh, people believe that these ancient societies deliberately built their structures or used these landmarks accordingly because of their alignment. Um, in 1921, ley lines were first theorized by Alfred Watkins. He was climbing up a mountain, amateur archaeologist slash photographer slash businessman slash I don't fucking know because every article I read had him titled differently. <laughs> a man of many traits. Yeah, okay. yep. But uh, amateur archaeologists seem to be like the first thing they would reference and then tie another thing on. Um, so he kind of, you know, climbed up a mountain, realized that there were some really important monuments within his own town that lined up. And then when he pulled a map out of, you know, out of his closet, he was able to pinpoint very specific points along the map. When doing this, he noticed that ancient sites around the world fell into an almost perfect alignment, regardless of their natural or man-made, you know, being. Um, he's actually, uh, again, he's the one that co uh, coined lay lines. He called them lays at first, and then it just kind of evolved because of their shape. What do you think he called them lay lines? He called them lays. I can't remember what it stands for, but the definition okay. comes from like ancient Asian culture, like ancient oh, Chinese okay. culture. Um, another term for them in like the Asian culture is dragon lines or oh. dragon paths. I didn't really like, like dig into that. I was kind of running yeah. out of time. <laughs> gotcha. And I'm sure that would have spiraled into a whole bunch of different other like theories behind them. Um, so ley lines uh, do crisscross the globe, so they're kind of similar in terms of like straight lineness compared to latitude longitude, but they're just like they cross the earth in different ways. Um, again, intersecting monuments or land features. Um, that's fast traveling. Go to one of the monuments, fast travel to another place in the world. That'd be really cool. Like a Anyways. dimensional teleporter. Yeah. You would think if that was the case, Stonehenge would have opened up way long ago. Well, who's to say we should, that would be Patreon. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's try it. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, the first line that Watkins used or dotted out was the uh, line stretching from the southern tip of Ireland to Israel as his evidence. Um Within that first line he drew, there were seven different landmarks uh, that all had Michael tied to the name. I found oh. the picture that he drew, and, like, it goes from Ireland across Europe. It pings Italy. It pings a place in Turkey, and then it touches Ireland. And they're all named oh. after St. Michael. Wow. So I thought that That's was... St. Michael's line. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Especially, like, during the times, like, the different times that these monuments and stuff were built, like... I'm pretty sure they weren't communicating. 
I don't yeah. think somebody from Ireland traveled to Italy to be like, we need this cathedral. Call it St. Michael. You know, yep. so that's kind of interesting. That was That's really interesting. Um, Watkins also theorized that the ancient peoples used these features as, like, navigation aids for, uh, like, purposes of trade or religious um, rites. So, like, a pilgrimage okay. or you know, trading goods from one place to the other. That was, like, their way to travel. Um, so some popular ley line, like, monuments that most people would know are the Great Pyramids of Giza, Machu Picchu, the Stonehenge, and um, the other world wonders that baffle archaeologists. Like, they can't understand why these civilizations built these monuments. Like, Stonehenge will never be understood. Yeah. It it's doesn't crazy. make sense. It's amazing, though. It, like, what is it for? Nobody knows. Does it tell time? Is it a it's burial site? Is it, you know? It's so that I can get back home to my home planet, Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> Did the druids come here to, like, worship their, you know, whatever's beings? Is that where the gods came from? Oh, might be. I mean, Did the aliens plant it? Probably. We'll never know. Where's my <laughs> tinfoil hat? Can I, just, can I go on a side rant? Yes. Why are... This is our podcast. We can do it, whatever the fuck we want. Why are the people of Earth so, like, just, man, aliens? They want this planet. Like, why is that a thing? I, I have a theory. I actually have a theory about this. Are you ready? Yes. So, I feel like mankind is, like, the new kids on the block. We think we're badass and do do do. We own this shit. And everything else in this universe is, like, whatevs. So we just have, we have the big head ego. Yeah, we have this complex. Because right now we feel like we're top of the pyramid. We're the fucking shit. Nobody can, nobody or nothing. And there is all this shit out there that we don't know anything about. Clearly they they're only all care about they're all just fucking Earth. laughing at us. <laughs> they're like, oh, watch this. We can make the humans go fucking ape shit. Somebody send an aircraft down there and watch them, watch their fucking heads explode. But, but for oh, me, yeah. I just, I don't understand. That's my theory. It. We humans have the big head theory. We think we're hot shit, and really, mother nature's like, mother nature's like, you have no fucking idea, kid. God's even laughing at us. Like, seriously, I created this. Like, you guys aren't that important. Calm Calm down. Calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're like, you're, you're, you're fucking babies compared to everything else in this universe. You're, you're nothing. Okay. You, you haven't even earned the right to fly. Sit down. Then again, Elon Musk is doing a pretty good job. So, well, okay, there are the exceptional few, like Elon Musk. You know, Stephen Hawking. They don't count. (laughs) They're not part of the human race. Maybe they are the aliens. Oh my god! Uh, It all makes sense now. I'm just saying, there's there is a very very few out there. But, I, I mean, if you look at mankind, you don't fuck with Mother Nature. Mother Nature will come back and bite you in the ass. Karma. Karma is another big one. Okay. Karma keeps We're going to go back. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just turn All right, back, back onto our path. Yeah. Sorry. Path Sorry. Break over. Back. Okay. Back on the road. All right. So, Watkins didn't personally believe that there was any magical or mystical properties or significance other than being used by those civilizations as a spiritual like pilgrimage or a trade route. 
Um, and he also didn't believe in the other conspiracies that people started to fuel behind them. But of course, Watkins still published his book. Um, he argued that the lines were oriented in the direction of sunrise and sunset at solstices and that they were just solely, you know, a trade place or a spiritual purpose. It's really cool that they still existed after all that time, you know, for a trade route. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, a lot of scientists and archaeologists argue that it's almost impossible for some of these portions of the lines to be traversed. So there's no way they could have used it as a, like a trade route, but I don't think he meant like in a literal term. Yeah. You know, other than like their orientation, how they fell exactly on this line, but they were more of like a visual, this is the direction we have to go kind of thing. Yeah. But I haven't read his book. Probably won't find time to. (laughs) Let's just be honest. Yep. Um, but after his book uh, was released, of course, followers, people interested in this type of uh, idea, now the conspiracies go. People have now used it as their own spiritual guides. Um, it does fuel a lot of like pagan religion beliefs and stuff. Um, your supernatural and paranormal people also enjoy like the theories behind the properties of ley lines. So now you have all these spinoffs of old Watkins's book. Um, so the belief for most people is that these ley lines carry rivers of energy, supernatural energy, uh, and where they intersect is concentrated energy and can be harnessed by people and spirits. So a lot of people say that they can harness the energy themselves, like they just feel that presence of the energy. Um, and then uh, where the ley lines do intersect monuments and structures uh, they say that paranormal activity is more intense or easier to detect in those locations. So that part is kind of interesting to me because I like really wanted to look into that. that makes sense, right? In order, because I mean, every paranormal show you ever watch, they're always trying to give the spirits energy so that they can speak or manifest. Yeah. Or I mean, ev- that's across the board it doesn't matter if it's fake or real or whatever across the board everybody's trying to harness energy or energy energy. yeah Yeah. so So. that that would make sense like if that's where all the energy kind of like crosses and just kind of builds up that would make sense so there uh, there's another thing i uh didn't look into but they also talk about lay lay vortexes so that might be another topic for another time I just kind okay. of stuck to the lines, not the circles this time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know we had circles. Yep, though. so there's <laughs> evidently circles. The other thing that a lot of scientists are saying is, like, animals and things in nature, you know, by the nature of them being existing, they already use the magnetic energy of the Earth anyway to, you know, uh, go to breeding grounds, uh, travel from, you know, point A to point B, uh, birds use it to, you know, find where they're orientated on the earth. Dogs use it when they go to the bathroom. You know, so that's already something. Animals and in- not only that, but the magnetic energies of the earth, like, you can map that out. Like, you can get a satellite and see how the bands of magnetic energy are flowing. And it also affects, you know, like our man-made structures as it is now. So it is an energy, but it's kind of 
like where does the ley line aspect actually like is it a valid thing yeah. so that's just like scientific views on it yeah um some other skeptics and critics also claim that the ley lines could just be coincidental overlapping. So the monuments and the, these landforms could just be explained by chance. But I thought that was kind of like, like, yes. I mean, I can, if that happened like no. here and there, I can see that. But it happens everywhere, right? That's yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. So that's not. So like that's the. A, like the first line that, you know, Watkins drew out, they're just saying like that's that's just a chance but i can see like where their argument is because the problem with just you know your basic enthusiasts or followers they're gonna pick and choose data points to make their theories more sound um but that's where uh scientists are kind of you can take all of the data out there that pinpoint monuments you know spiritual structures cemeteries bathhouses you know whatever and it's just too much for them to be able to map to say, yes, there is actually ley lines. No, there is not ley lines, you know. So yeah. that's where they're kind of going against it. But again, I think it's really cool because I got off on this doing another research topic that the the whole paranormal thing behind it. Like that. It makes sense though. Yeah. I mean, I can see both sides of it. But me personally, I'm going to go with a believer on this one just because... Like I said earlier, if you took all the paranormal movies, the baseline is they need energy. And so to me, two plus two is four. (laughs) If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's definitely a ghosty with energy. So Um, the other argument that uh, archaeologists will put forward, it goes back to that data point thing. Um, they just, like, they argue that as humans, our brains actually look for patterns in the world just to make sense of our world. And I found this actually kind of interesting because in one of the college courses I took, we did an experiment where we had a gridded piece of, no, we had just a square and we took and drew 25 dots. And our professor was like, you're just going to draw the dots at random. Don't draw them in a pattern. Just, you know, when your pen hits the paper, draw them probably 80% of the class ended up drawing their dots in a pattern. Because once you drew your dots, you gridded it out, and then you counted each, how many dots were in each square, and then Uh you totaled up the score. Oh. So, again, like, you don't think you're doing a pattern because you think you're just randomly placing dots. But in the end, most people were doing that random placing in a patterned type of mentality. Yeah. So... Our brains are smarter than us. It's just, I think that's also like why computers are the way they are because they look for patterns and data kind of thing. So like we built a computer, a human built the computer. So of course it's going to have that same kind of thought process. So I like, I thought that was kind of interesting. And again, that goes back to the people find things to line up rather than things lining up. But as far as like your big structures, so like the pyramids, Machu Picchu, uh, yeah. They've even mentioned the Great Wall of China, which some people are kind of like, well, that's miles long. Like, that's not a straight line either. So that, you know, don't use that. Yeah. But like all the the monuments and the stargates and just random structures that were built by other civilizations are probably more believable when drawing straight lines. 
or like giant churches. Like I could understand that, yeah. especially if it was a spiritual, you know, thing. So who knows? I think I think if the ley line hit the center of the building, no matter how big or how small, the center of the building, that's what should qualify it. Yeah. And I feel like of all the big and well-known structures, I believe that it does hit the center. Yeah, of like the big ones, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, but even if you were to take half the size, it would still hit the center. You know what I mean? If you kept yeah. the center where it is. So, I mean, I don't think how big or how small it is, but as long as it hits the center, I just, I don't, I don't think it's a quitting I feel like something bigger is at large here. And they, I mean, people say that they can, I have never been to a spot like that. So I can't personally say that I have experienced or felt the energy, but people say that they can actually feel the energy. And your body does, I mean, your skin senses stuff. Yeah. And why, why would you suspect that it wouldn't sense energy? Yeah, like, I don't know. So I'm a believer. Yeah. I don't care. Make fun of me. I'm, I'm on board. Let's go. <laughs> Hook, line, sinker. Let's go. So, yeah, I just found that, like... I kind of want to do more reading into yeah, it just to sure. understand, like, again, I don't think ponds or cemeteries or, you know, just random, oh, God, this mound of dirt is taller than this mound of dirt. It's clearly a ley line spot. Like, sometimes you got to use a little bit of judgment when deciding these things. It's called common sense. Yes. Well, yes, that's it's not common. Again. <laughs> It's not common. It's not a flower that grows in everybody's garden, but it's all right. But I had one more thing I found very interesting because, you know, playing WoW. In the Legion expansion, which was the three expansions ago, they actually incorporated ley lines into the game. And it's along the same, like, thought of why ley lines are important, that they hold a magical, you know, property to them. Unlocking them allows for, you know, that energy to be harnessed or used in whatever capacity. And uh, in the world of Azeroth, like, of course, all the major mage names, it's like they have used this energy to either sway the, you know, the wars or, you know, harness it to to use. Uh, oh, the, like the animals of that planet that live on arcane energy, they harness that from the ground um, if that ley line is cut off, it starts to build up pressure and then the fissures start spawning from the ground. Whoa. So then anybody can access the energy and it, it of course, in this expansion, it then causes chaos because yeah. the rich, you know, Nightborn were uh, obsessed with it and they were just using Not it for sharing. all sorts of things. Yeah. And they weren't sharing. Um, and then, of course, the Legion came because... They open the gateways and all that good jazz. But I thought that was really interesting. Like, yeah. Blizzard has a lot of nerds in it, and you can clearly tell when they put random things like this in. So I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. That is way cool. That is so cool. That was super nerdy. I, but... I really hope that you do do more digging because I am totally on board with that. Like, I want to hear more. Well, again. We could do, like, a ley line or lay circle, <laughs> vortex, yeah, 2.0 or something. Well, my next my next secret topic also feeds into this. Huh, what I did there? Yeah. Oh. Ley line feeding. Because yeah. I really want to talk about it because it's kind of like the paranormally yeah. ley line energy 
mashup. I, and it's so funny that you actually did this. I swear we have ESP going on because <laughs> I literally was thinking like, okay, what am I going to do? I want to do something kind of out of this world, something a little bit different. So, but I'm actually going to be talking to people yeah. that do stuff that kind of ties in with that a little bit. And that's why I may have joined a cult and signed up for all this other stuff but the things i do for the podcast people <laughs> things i do for the podcast <laughs> join a witch society no big deal yeah so we're good if my broom shows up at the door i'll fly to come see you yeah and i'll wave to everybody on my way so long play anyways there's lots of lots of lots and lots of articles on these ley lines uh, most of what i pulled from was wikipedia more for the history about walkins and then uh, all that's interesting, how stuff works, life science and inverse. Wow. Like I read all four of them and they, you know, kind of state the same things, but differently. Yeah. So I've pulled a little bit of everything from that. And then I did find a website called Otherworldly Oracle. Oh. And it actually talks about how you can go out and like in your own local towns, just venture out and find your own ley lines. So I can share the link. Yeah. Yeah, so put it on the website. Yeah, we can do that. But like, I found that kind of interesting. And again, it would have to be something you would have to try. I don't think East Texas has a ley line. Well, I don't know because if if Indians or Native Americans or those types of people believed in that, like we had those and pagans, we had pagans. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, I have a question. Yes. It's a random question, but do you think uh, the ley lines become stronger with like the solstices or like a full moon or? Yeah, it's funny you say that. In one of the interactive maps, the full moon is one of the options that you can put as a filter over. But I Uh didn't like I didn't pull up every fucking ley line because I'm sure it would have crashed my computer. Um, (laughs) But it has that. I didn't read anything saying that an eclipse okay well i'm wondering if maybe the full moon because you edit that out that will go into our next topic well i'm going to tell it to you but well i it doesn't matter i wonder if the full moon like maybe that's why i don't know if you've ever worked anywhere ever on a full moon it is always crazier like the day before, the day of, and the day after, that full moon just makes everything fucking. I usually get shittier day. sleeps. Like I just can't. Sleep oh yeah, I can't sleep. I don't sleep, but I can say in uh, customer service, the people are freaking ape shit in the <laughs> medical field. All hell breaks loose. Like, everybody is trying to die on you, or everybody has gone psychotic, or I, I, I just, the, the machines don't work, like, the meds aren't getting out on time, the patients are going crazy. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it, it's like, what the hell happened? And then you just know. You just know that it's the full moon because they put it on your lovely calendar for you. To yeah, be like, the little moon Heads shape. up. It's like Miss Dean's it's science cool. class where you mapped yes. out the moons and it was yes, cloudy most cloudy. of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, but I wonder if that's why, is it the ley lines? Maybe we're, maybe we've been blaming the full moon and it the whole time. It's just been the, the damn ley lines are overcharged and bleeding out. Like, I wonder if it would have been more widely accepted if they were called like magnetic somethings. Magnetic lines? Yeah, or just even like. Well, you wouldn't even have to call it a line. You could be like magnetic straight. Well, that'd technically be a line. <laughs> This is why I'm not a genius, people. <laughs> this is why I'm just your average Joe girl talking shit on a podcast. Yeah, like, I don't I don't know. Because, I guess to the scientific realm, it would have made more sense, like, for magnetic, I don't know, settlings? Magnetic something magnetic. Because they do mention that the ley lines usually follow stronger magnetic currents in the Earth. So, yeah. I don't know. It's It's interesting. Like, reading both sides. Is yeah. Interesting. That is way cool. I still don't think cool. Alien Sink Earth is that great, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, the aliens are for sure fucking with us and just having a great time about it. Wouldn't you? No. If you knew that you could just fuck with an entire race. Aliens probably think um, we're just like a funny ant farm. Well, yeah. And they fuck with us all the time. No. I don't hey. think so. Go, go, send, go send your spaceship down there. <laughs> Today, let's go to, like, what do they call that place? Yeah, Nevada. Go fly in that little area. You do know what's in Nevada, right? Well, yeah, that's oh. why I said it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I can't say Texas. It would have been that cool. I don't know. Don't it probably would have been much cooler. Montana, Europe. I know they've seen some shit in Europe. Hell, they, well. It don't matter. Anyways, that's a whole other topic for yeah. another time. Right. Anyways, well, I think it's hilarious. I think they're just going to continue to fuck with us, and I'm okay with that. Because it is hilarious to watch everybody panic every time something happens. And I understand why the government won't tell anybody anything. Do you see how Americans acted during the pandemic? Fuck you. They ain't going to tell you shit now. You can't even handle a cough. <laughs> You fucking piss yourself. Somebody coughs next to you. You turn into like the ninja of this century. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Anywho. Anyway. Well, that was great. Yeah. I, I really hope that you do more research and like talk more about that vortex stuff or whatever it is that you're wanting to do. Like, I, I want to hear more about that. So I'm really excited for. I've kind of got like two. two spinoff topics now that I'm interested Hell in. Yeah. Looking at. yeah Get so. it. We'll see. Well, now I'm kind of wondering if I should have just waited to sign up for my cult, my newsletters. <laughs> now you can just forward me the info. You can take all there that you go. activity. I'll take but... the notes, forward yeah. it to you, see if you can use anything, and we'll go from there. And then I'll have to start over. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to join a different cult. I don't know. Oh, man. All right. But All right. So, well, that was exciting. I'm so, that was good. We had that good, good topics. Good Hell yeah, look at us go. We're yeah. getting the hang of this shit. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Now dirty. if I can just close it out and tell people where to find us, right? Yeah. Um, so, thank you for listening. Man, we're getting a lot of people listening yeah. that we don't know. Nope. Just random spots I, around the map. I just... I know. I'm, I'm so excited. I hope that y'all are enjoying this as much as we are. Um, and I hope everybody is going to our website. It's coffeechaoschatter.com. 
That's where we upload our episode goods. Those are the links and pictures. They're fun pictures to look at. Sometimes. Trust me, I upload them. Cocaine clams. Cocaine clams. We got <laughs> creepy dolls. I mean, all kinds of stuff on our website. Um, also on the website, we have like very easily put where you can click on any logo and find our podcast uh we're on spotify and itunes and apple iHeartRadio, and google podcast i mean we're all over the place yep if we aren't on the platform that you prefer to listen hit us up uh we'll get added on there as soon as we know which one you want us to be added to uh you can find us on facebook and instagram at coffee chaos chatter uh just pretty much google coffee chaos chatter we're like the top five links yep woo, woo, go us <laughs> um our patreon show us some love uh if, if you can we understand um and it is patreon.com backslash coffee chaos chatter um i really just want to send people stickers in the mail like that i'm hyped <laughs> i just need sarah has stickers <laughs> on hot standby <laughs> And uh, so we've got some fun stuff planned for our Patreon donators. Uh, So if y'all can donate, uh, but we do honestly, if y'all could follow us, leave us a a review, email us, let us know how we're doing. Um, We're pretty friendly people. So don't be afraid to give us a shout out. Say, hey, what's up? But if you follow us, you'll get the updates like, hey, we released our yep. podcast, yep. our new, our updated podcast. So that really helps us also know how we're doing. And um, like I said, any and all feedback is welcome. So did I miss anything? I don't think so. I think you got it all. Yes. Right. I fucking nailed it. You did. You did great. Got them all. I'm telling y'all. I'm, I mean, I'm getting there. All right. I'm getting there. <laughs> well, until next time.